Hi there, Catsuit. Hi there, Nookie. Wait, I wasn't expecting you right now. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to stop by and tell everyone about our event coming up Valentine's weekend. You mean the three-day education and social event focusing in on dating and relationships for kinky folks called the Kinky Dating Something Something and Love Blah 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 event? We've got great speakers lined up, including me. Yeah, also Lexi Silver, Zach Budd, Unruly Nerd Girl, and I'll even be presenting a four-hour workshop. Don't worry, it's in two parts about how to defuckify your dating and create a profile and a life that weeds out what you don't want and attracts what you do. Registration is open now. And the first 500 people get in free, so don't hesitate. Get registered at datingkinky.com slash dating dash love dash event. It's a great opportunity to learn from the people you love about the people you hope to love. I know it's on my Valentine's Day calendar. Chocolates are optional. The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky connections and kinky education. It's kinky done differently. women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun conversation about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy. With questions asked by a guy. And now, here is your host. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, a look into the beginning of traditional and non-traditional relationships from the first impression to the messaging that finally wins people over. My name is John, and on today's show, we speak with two African-American women, one from each side of the slash, about their journey in relationships, kink, and walking the difficult path of race in unique circumstances. Apostrophe Rain has been in the lifestyle for 15 years, and she loves educating and sharing her experiences, most known for her skillful hands and inventive ways of putting a scene together. And Taming Tony is a STEM student and a kink lifestyle enthusiast. Two women on the journey and still discovering what they want. It's the first five. Time now for the first five, five questions about firsts as we are joined by our guests, Rain and Tony. Tony, I will start with you. First time you knew you were a little bit different. Um, I actually, my first relationship, my first real relationship was a kinky one before I knew that it was a kinky relationship. <laughs> um, I had, I was dating an older boy and he kind of treated me like, well, I, I don't want to say like a little sister. That sounds really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but he would like give me like snacks all the time and he would always praise me and he would buy me little, little stuffies and it was just really cute. And I was like, okay, this is what I like. And he would always give me like rules and say, hey, go to bed before this time or maybe you should do this. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Um, after we broke up though, I was looking for another partner like him. And I realized that, okay, this is no one's fitting into this bubble. 
And so I looked it up and that's when I found out I was like, I'm just a little kinky. <laughs> Rain, how about you? Um, I would say pretty early on, probably 15 or 16, uh, I started realizing that I didn't have the same uh, physical interest in, um, you know, in sexual things as other kids my age did. And uh, that kind of set me on the journey um, to find, you know, my people, my tribe, look for those that were into some of the same things as I was. First time you ever picked up an implement or a toy and your reaction to it? Oh, <laughs> this was actually on the playground. I, I like rope. I like rope a lot. And we were playing, I think it was like a cops and robbers type of game. And we didn't have handcuffs or anything. So my friend uh, tied me up with the rope, with the jump rope. <laughs> and I liked that a lot. <laughs> Um, I would say for me, oh, that's hard. I'm trying to think of the first thing. Um, I was always into like wrestling and primal types of things. And um, I was very much into like hunting people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, at a teenage age. Um, but I would say the first toy I picked up was probably a flogger um, in my late teens. And I just, I took to it and I was like, oh, this is for me. I can definitely do this. Best way mm -hmm. to make a first impression, Tony? I think being funny is a great way to make a first impression. Like even if it's uh, like a dirty joke or like a, just a nerdy joke, I like to break the tension, you know, with uh, a, like something funny. Um, I agree with Tony. Um, I am a very outgoing kind of person. So typically um, when I'm making a first impression, I definitely look the part. Um, I try to look the part. Uh, sometimes I try to not look the part as far as like being a surprise. Um, a lot of people often say that I don't look like a dominant and I'm like, well, what's a dominant supposed to look like? <laughs> That's like the complete opposite for me. A lot of people say like, oh, you look, you, cause I'm really outgoing. I'm very loud. They're like, oh, you're, you're probably mm -hmm. so dominant. I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, first impression, uh, I typically open with, you know, um, just being myself and sometimes comedy as well as just like you know depending on the situation I'll bring candy and lollipops <laughs> and <laughs> um you know just learning the person and what I really want to kind of present myself as yeah because it can be kind of like jarring to sit down with someone you just met and automatically go to kink talk or like rules and stuff I just want to get to know you build something first if there's been like some previous online conversations. Um, typically, if it's a lifestyle meet, I immediately, when I get there, I tell the person go take off their underwear. Um, <laughs> and it kind of just breaks the, you know, it, it's so jarring that it kind of just breaks the ice. <laughs> 
I don't know how I would react to that. So that, that makes me smile. Exactly. But that, that, that breaks the ice, you know, it, it gets you out of what you're already thinking. It makes you start thinking about something completely different. So I get that. I get that. First time you ever received a dick pic and your reaction to it. Oh God. Do you know, do you remember kick? Is kick still a thing? Yes, yeah. it is. I got my first dick pic and kick. I, I don't I don't remember who the person was. It was just we were talking about video games and they're like, wow, you're you're a cool girl. And I was like, oh cool. And <laughs> the next picture was <laughs> dick. And I was like, I don't know how to respond to this. <laughs> I go to the post go, ooh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. Um, like Tony, I think my oh <sighs> I want to say my first dick pic was on a cell phone and that's when I realized that uh you know electronics were a whole new world of <laughs> <laughs> source material <laughs> um but yeah I was just like hmm this is interesting first time that you felt like you really fit in oh Actually, my first time at a kink club was, felt really like welcoming to me. Just because I, first of all, I went there and there were uh, women of different shapes and sizes, colors, and everyone was very approachable. Everyone talked to me and told me like, "Oh yeah, this is this is how it usually goes. There's there's usually like a an audience for this thing if you want to join in for this, or there's food over here." And it was really nice because. Um, I only have like four or five friends that know about my kinky life and know about my toys and everything. So going to a place and they're just like, yeah, just look at everything, try everything you want to do and you know, talk to people. And I was, that was really cool. Was that the night I first met you? That was the night I first met you. <laughs> and you were amazing. Can you tell I was so new? <laughs> but you were amazing. You had such confidence when you walked in. And I remember seeing you with my friend Annie and Annie was so impressed by you. So you, you did it well. You did it well. <laughs> Rain I was just so used to like covering up everything and just like I have a whole drawer but I have to hide all my toys and all my like costumes. And so going there and going in full costume like yeah this is me. Hi. <laughs> it was probably the same my very first um party um I dressed all the way up at you know to what I thought uh kink wear was and what I should be wearing and I walked in a room and a guy was doing a scene with a girl and he was kicking her across the floor and I looked and I said these are my people <laughs> and uh, everybody was really welcoming and it was just um it was like a breath of fresh air to see people that you know was open to all of my ideas and just wanted me to try and explore all these different types of things and um I was like, yeah, this is my tribe. This is, I thought I was alone, um, but I am not alone. And it's always so nice because they, they're willing to teach too. Like if you're, especially mm -hmm. if you're new, um, they're willing to like, hey, this is how you hold a flogger. This is how you brace for this. And it's really nice too. Cause I, as a new person, I, it's kind of scary at first too, a little bit. <laughs> Realizing that you're polyamorous can be a wonderful insight. 
Polyamory Dating Guide is a book about finding other people who share your view of polyamory and want to share it with you. This book includes a variety of sections on poly-specific dating, such as navigating online dating with a review of poly-specific dating sites and how to make a profile that works, real-time dating tips that will tell you where to find polyam people and how to make a positive impression, how to date as an existing couple, and if you should, dating as an introvert, queer in dating, and lots more. Get your copy at polyamorydatingguide.com. Hi, this is Jane Boone, the author of the novel Edge Play. It's a revenge fantasy where the big short meets 50 shades of gray. Only the women wield the whips and the billionaires submit. You can find it at Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle. And be sure to check out my episode with Tara Indiana right here on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you. Two people getting to know each other, just like we did in high school. Here is Seven Minutes in Heaven. We go now to Seven Minutes in Heaven, which I like to say it's our way of getting to know you all. But I'm going to do something a little bit different that I've never done in one of our episodes. And that is because one of you tends to be on the top side, Rain. The other one tends to be on the bottom side, Tony. So if you all were meeting for the first time, what would you all talk about? And I'm going to let you take it from there. So Tony, tell me uh, what actually got you into the lifestyle? Well, my first boyfriend got me into the lifestyle because uh, I was in a daddy dom little girl relationship before I knew I was in that. Uh, <laughs> and then because I was new to it, I went into the frenzy as like a lot of subs do where I want to meet people that are into the same things and kind of want to open up my horizons, other things. That's how I got into, uh, well, I got into rope a little bit before, but I got into rope. I got into mm-hmm. masochism. <laughs> I got into uh, service submission. So a lot of stuff that uh, interests me. How about you? Um, definitely what got me into it is I like different things. I knew I was different and um, I knew I enjoyed uh, learning people and figuring out how they tick and that kind of led me on my road to kink Um, but tell me about like what was your first experience in a kink situation Um, like what did you enjoy and what kind of scared you or maybe gave you gave you some hesitation oh okay so uh as an so I'm an older sister so I'm, I'm usually always kind of in control a little bit and so with my first uh, my first girlfriend she was a mistress a ma- yeah I think that's what you call it a mistress and she's like uh she's a little rougher with me and it was actually very exciting because I, I knew I, I would get punishments I knew I would get rewards I kind of liked kind of poking at her buttons a little bit um uh but the one thing that did get, that did frighten me the first time um we were doing impact play and it drew blood one time with the belt and i mean obviously she took care of me afterwards she explained oh this is not what i meant to do and she's like and it was really uh calming but in that <laughs> at that moment i was like okay well this is this is something i need to pay attention to for next time i need to like hey this is this is kind of like a soft hard like a soft limit for me i just I don't want to mm-hmm. do blood things. Um, 
but it was actually like just even the aftercare for that moment was very amazing for me I, I felt cared for I felt lightheaded a little bit just because all the endorphins I felt cuddly and loved and it was amazing <laughs> awesome that's good to hear but speaking of limits, do you have any limits as a dom? Um, I do. I definitely have some limits. Um, <laughs> uh, of course, the standard top five, I don't do animals, you know, snuff. Um, I don't do, you know, anything with kids, of course. Um, <laughs> the taboo. <laughs> but, yeah, all of the, the top five taboos I don't do. Um, but pretty much as far as doing, uh, there are certain, certain levels of, um, like impact that I won't do as far as I will do some permanent marking, mm -hmm. just certain levels that I won't do, um, some types of blood play that I will not do, um, and I don't receive um, golden, brown, or rainbow showers. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that is the, probably the top things on my limit list mm -hmm. um, for just personally for me. Uh, but really I take every situation uh, at face value and it depends on who I'm playing with and how far I can push them, our repertoire, how long we've been playing together. Mm -hmm. And there I set the limits. So you mentioned earlier uh, that you got into your, your Dom look for your first uh, play party. I'm curious, were you wearing like latex or like corsets or? <laughs> so <laughs> my very first party, I was not. A dominant. I went oh, as were? a um, and being from West Virginia, right on the Bible Belt, I really didn't have uh, access to any kink shops where you know um, ordering online wasn't really big back then. Yeah. Here I am, a um, I think I was like twenty. And so I had, I just wore like a black top with this shiny silver belt thing. And like the miniest, I took some pants and I just cut the mini, 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 mini shirts. <laughs> you know, uh, threw on some church heels. <laughs> and I went to the party and I just realized that, uh, you know, do, do we as kinksters love to dress up? Definitely, yes. yes. <laughs> but it is not a necessity mm -hmm. um, to dress that way that, you know, you can still have fun and be in your jeans and t-shirt. Or nothing at all. <laughs> or nothing at all, yeah. <laughs> Definitely nothing at all. What is your fantasy? Do you have a secret? We all have sexual fantasies or secrets. That's what my show is all about. My name is Nikki, and I'm the host of In Bed with Nikki. In this show, it's all about sex and the fantasies that people have. Reading from my emails directly 
and anonymously sent to me. Together we will explore the experiences of everyday people, just like yourself. Often, this is the very first time they've told anyone else about them. You can find In Bed with Nikki on Podchaser, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and anywhere else you find your other favorite podcasts. And remember, for every problem, there is a solution, and I happen to call it an orgasm. And until next time, enjoy. Let's take time out to talk about one of my friends, Kitten Flow. She's got a really cool company called Lucky Kitten Colors. It's pet play gear, handmade by a kitten. And I actually have some good kitten friends who absolutely would love these kind of collars. She makes collars adorned with colorful chains and bells of all sizes, adjustable ears and lots of fun neon and pastel colors that will stay on even when you're upside down. Harnesses and tails, harnesses to use with your own tail, and fuzzy heart, tummy crop tops. Everything is made to adjust to almost any body type. She'll also take custom orders if you can dream it. Chances are she can make it. The shop can be found at etsy.com slash shop slash lucky kitten collars. And you can find her on Instagram at lucky kitten collars. And since we know women and other wonderful humans love to save some money, we're going to do that for you. Use the code WANT20 for a coupon for 20% off your purchase. That's WANT20 for 20% off your order just for being one of our listeners to the show. So check out our store, etsy.com slash shop slash Lucky Kitten Collars. Lucky Kitten Collars, fantastic things for pet play. Take it from someone called Catsuit. This is what women and other wonderful humans want. Presented by Dating Kinky. Kinky connections and kinky education. It's kinky done differently. in a positive way. Oh, okay. So this happened on FetLife, which usually I don't give a lot of credit to FetLife because I don't like it most for the most part. <laughs> um, but someone uh, read my profile and they were like, hey, you watch anime. And immediately I, I'm, I'm a sucker for any type of conversation that starts with anime or any uh, like Comic-Con. And so they were like, oh yeah, I, I like this anime and whatever anime you were talking about here, what is it about? And I was like, oh yeah, I can get into this. <laughs> And so that was like a positive way to start because especially because on FetLife, as soon as I like my profile says I'm a sub or my baby and usually people go straight into that like oh call me daddy and I'm like no I don't want I don't want that. <laughs> if someone is approaching me definitely reading through my pro profile and um, picking out different things to talk to me about is a great way to start a positive conversation. Um, but as far as sayings I would say I I'm my very first hotel takeover um, in the intro. Um, they talk about don't yuck someone's yum. And that hit me in my soul 
um, because at the time there was, you know, there was some stuff that I just was uncomfortable with mm -hmm. because I was fairly new to the lifestyle, um, but not to yuck someone's yum. That made sense uh, to me. And, you know, I've applied that to every single step along the way in my kink nature, because there are some things that uh, I do find to be yuck, but hey, I just use the rule of two feet <laughs> and keep it moving. Yeah, especially because uh, on, especially online when you don't know anyone, it's really interesting to learn their experiences with it and why they like it. Cause I've, Definitely. I, I have a lot of people on uh, that message on FetLife that have like very unique interests. And I'm just like, wow, this, these stories are just amazing. <laughs> Rain, one of the things I remember in the way that you and I met was at COPE, which is one of the King conventions that happen in the country or happened until COVID happened. There was always a thread for tops seeking bottoms, bottom seeking tops, queer seeking queers, somebody see, seeking somebody, switch seeking switch. You yeah. had put in tops seeking bottoms and I had responded to you. And I'm not trying to make this about me, but I'm able to use it as an example. You're very open to meeting new people. How do you select the people that you're comfortable to actually meet with? Online, I definitely try to put in work, having conversations with them um, and just kind of trying to see what they're about. For me, it's very much about energy and I have to kind of fill somebody, get somebody's energy. I never 100% know if this person is somebody I'll want to play with until I see them in person and feel their aura and get their vibe. But for the most part, if, I, if we can have conversations and I try to be as in-depth as possible um, and just getting to know them, um, getting to learn that person, their history, um, their experiences. And then from there, I, also, I look at their pictures and not necessarily a play on attractiveness, but you can tell certain things from people about, about them from their photos. Um, and I typically like just a regular non-kink headshot. Mm -hmm. and I go from there. Tony, being a sub or a bottom, a lot of times you would think that subs are going out and looking for uh, dom types. However, there are a lot of dom types who are on the prowl sometimes or genuinely looking for subs. How do you pick the ones that you will communicate with? Sometimes it's just um, luck, mm -hmm. <laughs> as that says, that sounds. Um, I try to base my values on, on choosing a dom because I don't want a dom that won't respect me and won't like have the same morals as me because I don't want someone in control of me that doesn't like me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so I, I, 
I based off of how they interact with other people besides me. Mm -hmm. So if they talk to me and I have a conversation with them, I'll walk away for a second. Like, oh, you have to go to the bathroom and I'll just judge how they react to other people. And then um, that's how I choose how to, who, to, who to play with and who to talk to, especially at the, at the play party. Um, I did this a couple of times. I was like, yeah, hey, talking to people, introducing myself. And I would walk away and, and watch uh, a scene and I would watch how that person talks to other people or like if they were just in the corner being by themselves. And I was like, okay, I feel kind of targeted if I was the only one you talked to. <laughs> mm -hmm. I kind of picture you as fearless because yes. the first time that I met you, you were absolutely fearless. And I don't know if that has to do with an extrovert personality or not. Has there ever been a time where that fearlessness was a bad thing? Okay, yes. Um, in college, um, well, I'm still in college, but in, I went to New York for college. Um, I... <laughs> I, like I said before, I was in a sub frenzy where I found out what I liked and I found out what my people were and I was out just to satisfy that part of me. And so there were a lot of things I did that were very dangerous and I'm surprised I'm not dead today, but <laughs> I, I was like, okay. Me but. too. <laughs> <laughs> so I talked to someone online and I was like, um, so I talked to someone online and he had the same interest as me. He was like into impact play, he was into tying me up he understood that I didn't want sex I just wanted uh I just wanted to feel like submissive and I wanted to feel like controlled a little bit and uh we talked for a while and I shattered my phone that weekend so I didn't have a phone but he already knew we were, meet we were meeting and I called him from my friend's phone and I was like hey yeah I'm on my way and so I went to meet this person without a cell phone without any pepper spray without any like way to defend myself and yeah, that was the stupidest thing I've ever done. <laughs> and, but I, I was so fearless at that time. And I'm, I'm still kind of fearless, but I'm, I'm much more cautious now. But yeah, that's what happens when you're in sub frenzy and you're not smart. <laughs> Rain, from the other side of things, I'm sure that there have been times when you've met subs through your openness that made you hesitate and go, oh, wait a minute. Um... There's been plenty of experiences. I've had the Tony to show up uh, with no phone and no way to run. <laughs> I've used those, those situations as a um, learning experience for them. Um, and I've put them in threatening situations from, that's from that side. But yes, I've been, uh, I've went to meets where you know, a sub would show up and they'd say they were coming for one thing. And when they got there, they, uh, I could see that they, I know one situation I could clearly tell they had some mental issues and I won't play with someone without knowing exactly what all the cards are on the table. Mm -hmm had to excuse myself from that scene um and I've been uh in some situations where you know they've wanted to meet in dark alleys kind of thing or off the back they want to do a you know a capture and rape scene and we haven't even had 
any conversations really. Um, and I've had to excuse myself from that side too. So I think it goes both ways. You mentioned rain and it was chilling to hear. I laughed a little bit out of nervousness, but it was chilling to hear where you said, we're not dead or we didn't die. Yeah. We have not talked about the fact that, but this is diversity December. We have not talked about, about the fact that you both are African-American women. And I am sure that with, even within the kink scene and within regular life, you two face situations that you have to think a lot more than what a typical person might have to think. Can you take us both, uh, Tony and Rain, and I'll let you start, Rain. What are the hesitations that you have to think about before going into any situation? Um, location is definitely one of the biggest things for me. Um, being from West Virginia and it's, you know, it's still parts of West Virginia that I cannot go in, um, as well as traveling the back roads as a single black woman, I have to be careful where I'm driving. Um, I do a lot of it, you know, I have to think about when I get there, is there gonna be another person of color? Am I gonna be the only black person there? Um, which typically is most of the time the case here. Um, but I have to think about that. I have to think about, hey, if, if anything goes sideways, who is going to be there that is going to be on my side? Who is going to be there that will have my back if the situation goes sideways or if we have a rogue person that, you know, decides to, you know, cut my tires or, um, you know, try to get me, I have to think about those types of things. Um, as well as my partner is white and traveling, he has learned that there are certain places that we're not welcome. Mm -hmm. And I have to think about stuff that, you know, he doesn't because he's afforded that white privilege. Um, but yeah, those are the very first things that I think about. Um, and, you know, is there going to be an exit? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that, that's just, I mean, I, anyone should actually think about that. You know, is there an exit route? Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's your strategy here? Um, but yeah. yeah. I very much relate to that because uh, my boyfriend also travels a lot. And while we were traveling through PA, there were a lot of Trump signs and like uh, a lot of signs that I didn't really feel comfortable being there with. Um, but we stopped at the gas station and he was like, yeah, do you want to come out and do this and this? I'm like, yeah, I really don't want to go out there. <laughs> I come find right here. <laughs> yeah. I will share a funny story that will not meaning to make light of the situation, but I think it will make you both smile. I actually went to Hagerstown, Maryland for a Miss Maryland pageant, a preliminary to the Miss America pageant. And Hagerstown, Maryland is, uh, well, let's just say it may be Hicksville, or if it isn't, you can see it from there. 
<laughs> and at the uh, end of the pageant, there were only two places that uh, my six foot tall wearing heels african-american woman friend and i could go to eat and that was mcdonald's or a place called racks racks was closed so we walked into mcdonald's i am wearing like a tuxedo jacket and a bow tie she is wearing a hot pink business suit that is so hot pink you can see it for miles and we walk in and the entire place goes silent and we give our order and the entire place was still silent. And I took one look at her, her name was Betty. I took one look at her and I went, God damn Betty. It's as though people have never seen tall people before. <laughs> and everybody in the place just kind of put their head down <laughs> because they knew they'd been busted. We got our Big Macs and got the hell out of there. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about some of the horror stories as far as messaging is concerned. Uh, Tony, I'll start with you. Worst pet life message ever. Okay, I actually got this one this year, um, <laughs> in the beginning of the year. Uh, someone told me, no, wait, no, wait. Someone liked my photo and they didn't tell me hi, they didn't tell me hello, but they sent me a whole message of a story that they wrote about how they were gonna sleep with me while I was still asleep. <laughs> and it was it was so detailed and graphic. They had they they had like the whole story format. There was there was quotations, there was like paragraphs, it was a whole story about how they're gonna sleep sleep with me, like they're gonna fuck me while I'm still asleep. <laughs> uh, would you be calling that taming Tony fan fiction? <laughs> yeah. Messaging nightmares. I typically get the, you know, hey, mistress, sit on my face or um, I'm ready to serve. You can do anything you want to me. I don't have any limits messages. Um, I get those on a weekly basis. Um, but that's probably, well, I, ha I do have a fat person probably once or twice a month, they send me the same message. Hey, what's up? <laughs> no, that's it. Like once or twice a month, they don't, they don't send anything else. Even when I respond, they don't respond. So I guess it's just a troll out there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I get weird messages from, you know, um, not not just weird because I'm okay with weird, but they're just I don't know. I get all kind of messages asking for different things, and I'm like, "How about a hello? How are you?" First, right? Um, and then you know we can go into detail. So Tony, give us a toolbox on different things that go into a successful message to you. You had mentioned before about reading your profile. Expand on that a little bit. Okay, well, the first thing is I, I like when people actually read my profile and comment on something in it. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be about anime. It's just, I, I have a lot of things in my profile. I have stuff about gym. I like to go to the gym. I like to be active. I like to go hiking. Um, I also mention my, like, vanilla interests. I have some kink interests on there. Like, if you're not familiar with something that I said, like, just address that. Um, I, I also like when they give, and they send me the right type of 
message because like a lot of people send me messages about being their dom and I'm like well you clearly you didn't read anything on my profile <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like not even the big bold that says sub like okay um but I also like when they when they greet me and I, I like being being addressed because a lot of the times it's just oh you're pretty or you're this or whatever I'm just like hey tell me hello like I <laughs> I also have like a whole day and a whole life that I, I had to go through and I kind of like just conversation um I also like, I mean, I like praise. And so I like being complimented too. So I'm, I'm going to include that in there. <laughs> like I like, the, I like to be complimented. Um, oh, yeah. I don't, what else is in there? Well, I liked when they introduce a little bit of their self too. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be the only one asking questions about like what they're into and what they're, what they like to do. I like them to be like open about themselves as well. Uh, I think that's, that's it. <laughs> Rain, what would be in your toolbox? I agree with Tony, a hello. Um, I like a <clears throat> an introduction, you know, hi, my name is this, this, and this. Um, but I really like bluntness. Um, I know a lot of women or other people don't, but I am very much, I really like bluntness. After the high hello, um, you know, a, a slight introduction of what, who they are. And then, you know, if they say, hey, I'm interested in having a scene with you, or hey, I would like to have sex with you, or, you know, this is exactly what I'm looking for from you. Uh, I really like that because then I know how to, what the nature of the relationship they're looking for is going to be. And at that point, if it's something I'm not interested in, then I can say, well, hi, I'm Rain. Thank you for your inquiry. But at this time, I'm not interested. And there's no need for them to waste any more energy. No need for me to waste any more energy. I reply to every single message I get. Wow. Yeah. I reply, even, even if it's a, you know, if they say something, I reply. And I will at least give most people the um, benefit of a, at this time, I'm not interested, but thank you for your inquiry. I, if they give enough energy to message me, I at least think most people deserve that. Um, now, if they're a chronic messenger, they may not get a reply. But on first inquiry, I always reply to the message. That's amazing, Rain. I will tell you that because of the different kinds of people we've had on the show, you were fortunate in the fact that you are able to keep up with your messages. Uh, there are some guests that we've had that I hear the word thousands or tens of thousands of messages. So that is a very yeah. admirable, admirable thing to do. And uh, I will say that as somebody who has sent out messages, which I always thought were respectful, most of the time I won't get a response. But when somebody does send me a response, even simply to say, I appreciate your message. I'm just not interested in this time. That makes me go, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time to write back to me. I never expect it, but I'm always pleasantly surprised. I do want to talk about the world as it is right now and how much this summer and the changes in society have had on both of you. And Rain, I will start with you. Have you seen a change 
happen that you're feeling good about or is it just not enough yet? Especially being in West Virginia. It's a fucking mess. It really is. It's it's a mess. Um, yeah, I haven't seen the changes that I'd like to see. Um, but at the same time, it's exactly where I thought it thought we would be right now. Um, just politically and uh, COVID, um, you know, I just saw it all coming. Um, and it is having the impact on the King community that I thought it would have. Uh, because you know, in the last five years, the King community has really, really broadened and taken off and become more public, I would say. Um, and it's really, a lot of things that were just getting started have suffered because of the state of the world. Um, and just, I think that's about all I can mm -hmm. say. <laughs> it's, it's frustrating, you know, so on all fronts. Tony, your thoughts? Well, um, as fearless as I am, I'm also very sentimental. So I, I get really emotionally impacted by a lot of the events that are going on right now, even if like they're not um, in like even in the same state as me. Like I, a lot of stuff that I read, I, I, I'm bawling <laughs> mm -hmm. just reading them. Um, but as, it, so okay, it, it impacted me in, in very different ways because uh, I, I kind of saw like a lot of the world as this already, but being confirmed <laughs> that we're all having these problems and there's still not like not a lot of work towards a solution. Um, but also in the kink community, I, I, cause I thought we were very, very accepting. Cause when I went to the kink, the play party, I was very accepted. Everyone there was very friendly, but it's very surprising to find out that not everywhere is like that. Like I have friends in Texas and I have friends in uh, Louisiana that they're just like, well, yeah, I thought this was a certain way. And now I'm getting messages from people that I played with before that are responding like this way and posting certain stuff. And I'm just like, wow, that's so crazy that we we have like uh, this, we have this pride in the kink community. Like, oh yeah, we're all in this together. But then it's whenever a certain part of the community is, suffering or going through things we're just like okay well maybe not this part and I'm just mm. like no that's not <laughs> that's not how that works um but yeah so it, it hit me in two different ways because I people that I thought were um in it with me and that appreciated me and respected me in a certain way I find out that they're um they have different values outside of just me and our and in, in the in the play scene mm -hmm. That. Yep, it becomes a hey, I want to play with you in private, but I won't fight for your rights in public. Mm, exactly. Or the the fact that you know, marriage and rights for all people, love is love, that kind of stuff is still being threatened is ludicrous. Um, and the fact that you know, behind the scenes. Yes, they want to play with us and, you know, to know us and be buddy-buddy, but 
if you're not willing to stand on the front line with us where it really matters, mm -hmm. um, then I don't, you know, I don't need the fun part of it. You know, I, I, I just don't like if you're threatening, you know, my friends who are not straight or, you know, however they identify, that's their business. If you're not supporting them, um, you know, publicly, or even if you're denying it publicly, then you're part of the problem. Exactly. Yeah, there was a lady- You're not helping. There was a lady that previously asked me to have a threesome with her and a boyfriend. Um, I, I denied it because I didn't really know her, but um, she, she later on, uh, later on this year, uh, I think in the summer, she was posting about how uh, uh, gay people shouldn't marry and this stuff and everything. And I'm like, well, you you were literally trying to have like a, a gay relationship with me before. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it, it's, it's ludicrous um, that, you know, in the state of the world today that we still have to say equal rights, mm -hmm. that we still have to gender identify. It's crazy, you know, um, and it's in, and that we still have to, you know, riot for stuff like that or the color of our skin. And it's just, it's crazy. It, it. So I will speak as a white cis male. I understand that I've had privilege throughout my life. I understand that I don't understand everything. What are the things that I can do to help you all? Personally, I would just say education. Education, education, and keeping an open mind. Um, and, you know, when you're in the midst of those that do have privilege and the topics come up to simply, you know, don't just be on the bandwagon to stand up for what you believe in and who you are and, you know, your friends of color and your friends of different genders. Um, and, and that's in everybody in the community, you know, um, I, when you're, that's the only way things are going to change is if we are all on board to look it in the face and call it out. I agree very much on that. It's just, it's just nice to have someone address it in the, especially if you're in a, in a friend group, that's all one-sided on how they feel about a topic. If you address it like, Hey, this is actually what it's about. And this is not fair. Um, I, I feel like that helps us a lot to at least like open their eyes to like this this is a problem i am happy and proud to be able to provide voices for you all and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to do the sets of shows that i've been doing being able to talk to trans people and non-binary and uh, african-american and uh, latino I think it is just very important to be able to hear all the different voices. And I am glad I've been able to give you all a forum to do so. And uh, we'll continue to endeavor that this particular show will always have a diverse 
range of voices. And when I realize that it's been too long since we have, I'm going to bring a whole bunch of them together, just like we did here in December. And that's very important to me. Let's end on, hey, let's end on a really good note and positive note. And I'm going to make it personal here and talk about the first time I met both of you. Tony, we will start with you. Uh, your fearlessness is what captured me. Uh, the fact that you were so willing to learn. Tell me about your mindset when you walked in, because I seem to remember that we went into the interrogation room with Annie and Annie was going to play with you. Tell me about your mindset at the time, because it, you were so amazingly positive. I, so before I, I told you, um, I did uh, things with people that I probably shouldn't have done just because it wasn't safe in that environment. But I walked into the play, the play uh, party and it was, it was a safe environment. They had rules everywhere. They were like, hey, we have people that you can call on if something bad happens. And so I felt safe. And then everyone was very positive and everyone was very like welcoming and they were very informative too. Like they wanted to inform me like how everything went. Um, and I just felt very free. And so I felt very um, confident to do whatever I, I had interest in just because everything was positive around me. <laughs> Rain, the first time we met each other, I had already mentioned it was uh, me answering one of your top seeking bottoms. When we had our opportunity to meet with each other for me, it was the first time I had ever been to a convention. I wasn't quite sure what to expect. And it was the first step for me towards, dare I say, normalizing my role in the kink world. It was somewhat my coming out party. Tell me from your perspective what that was like and what your attitude was towards showing this relative newbie what it's all about and making me feel comfortable. Well, um, I have an undercover nickname as the cherry picker. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely, <laughs> I love cherries. I do. I love cherries. And I absolutely love being able to give someone their first experience um, because I always hope to make it a lasting experience and give them the best experience they possibly can have. Um, and I love sharing knowledge and experiences, period. So um, meeting you, I, when I saw you, I was like, oh my gosh, those gorgeous legs. <laughs> <laughs> and you were so tall and I was just so excited. Um, and you know, your energy was absolutely phenomenal. And I knew from seeing you in line that we were gonna have an amazing scene. Um, and I was just gonna give it, as much as you were giving, I was gonna give that energy right back to you. Um, and we, it, I had a fantastic time. It was absolutely an amazing and life-changing experience for me. And I am looking forward to the days when we can get back to all being together and being able to celebrate each other's energies and such. Indeed. Tony, is there any uh, way you would like to be followed or is somebody is uh, interested in talking to you about different things? What's the best way they can reach you? Well, I have a kinky Twitter. 
at Baby Me Tony. I am, I'm also on FetLife at Taming Tony. And Rain, how about you? You can follow me uh, my foot fetish Instagram page at Peeptoe Princess on Instagram. You can also find me on YouTube at Peeptoe Princess for all your foot fetish videos. And then you can add me on FetLife at apostrophe rain. And that's R-A-Y-N-E, apostrophe rain. What an absolute joy and honor it has been to talk to both of you. We had to get through a storm on Sunday and reschedule our <laughs> our ability to meet. And I thank you so much for persevering with me. And it has been an absolute joy having both of you on the show. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> My pleasure. Definitely love being here. It's always wonderful to catch up with good friends, and I learn so many new things when I do interviews with them. I hope their stories will give you some great perspective on life and the challenges some people have to face just to be a part of the world today. If you like this show, subscribe to us so you don't miss an episode, and if you can, rate and review us so we know how we're doing. We will think you are a most wonderful human if you do, and thank you. If you want to reach out to me personally, shoot me a note at john at datingkinky.com. That's john, J-O-N, at datingkinky.com. That will do it for this edition of the show. My name is John, or to my friends, hi there, catsuit. I hope we have earned the privilege of your time. Thank you for being with us. And as always in closing, we remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.